Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah. yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Hope to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, which if you've missed that, you can catch that in interviews that other people have done of me. I've authored four books, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook are the most recent, and then Activating Compassion and its companion workbook were my first two. And I'm also co-author on a fifth book that's in the process of coming out called Embraced by the Divine. You'll definitely want to watch for that. In addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, events, book signings, um, fundraising opportunities, all kinds of things going on with that. And I am currently on tour in the mid part of the United States. Uh, been hanging out in the Iowa, Illinois area. And thanks so much to the Silvis Library for the use of their facilities here because I'll tell you, it's been nice and it's been quiet, and they've really allowed me to create some great shows here over the last couple of weeks. And I'll be heading on up into Michigan and being right around that Canadian border. So, you know, you can always catch up with me on tour, find out what's going on, where I'm at, by going onto my website. I have several events that are still in the process of being added and confirmed right now. And you can check those out at jessianniclesgeorge1.com. And if you just want to catch up, stop in someplace I am, you know, say hi, maybe you're in route between places I'm going or something like that, I'd be happy to connect with you on the road. Just, you know, send me an email or something and go, hey, are you going to pass through this area or be near it? (laughs) I want to connect with you while you're here. And just a reminder, if you enjoy the show today, tell your friends and family, you know, share it with people. I find when I share a show, there's always somebody that comes back and goes, oh, my God, that was amazing. I love what these people are doing. Or they come back and say, I just really was struggling with something, and that really helped me through it. So you never know. You just might change a life in the process of clicking that share button. And they can use the same link that you use to come into the live show, and then they can just listen to it at their convenience, or they can catch it through our podcast areas, iTunes, TuneIn.com, or my YouTube channel. So before I get started into the show, one of the things I like to do is to tap into a book called The 72 Names of God. It's by Yehuda Burke, who's a Kabbalah master, and get a little message. And this also goes on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. By the way, so you can go back and you can reflect on it uh, throughout the week, which is really fun. I do that all the time with things and go, okay, which which topic am I looking at this week? Which one is, uh, is my area of focus to learn from this week? And, and I love it because he puts the big complex stuff in everyday terms where we can really apply it into our own lives. And, the, and what he does is he's got a common name and a formal name for God uh, or for the area or focus of God. And this week we have casting yourself in a favorable light. And the initial message he gives on this is, with all of our mischievous deeds, misdeeds, and rotten character traits, it's in our best interest when others see only the good side of our soul. In the language of filmmaking, this meditation is the ultimate lighting effect. And the insight that he gives, <coughs> excuse me, the insight that he gives is reviewing our negative side attracts the evil eye. We become a magnet for the scorn of people around us. We invite their judgment into our lives, and all that destructive energy quickly begins to wreak havoc. When we give people reason to focus on our good side, 
We avoid their negative influences and all the harmful side effects they can bring. Moreover, as we make the effort to look beyond the imperfections of others, we magnify the power of this name tenfold. The meditation that he gives is your being, your own being is let beautifully, suffused with the creator's radiance, so everyone around you sees the positive, beautiful aspects of yourself, as opposed to the distorted and dark image projected by the ego. This is a really big thing because the more we get used to projecting that positive, the more we become the positive. And he makes some great points. We magnify this energy tremendously as we radiate it. So, again, the common name for this week is casting yourself in a favorable light. And the formal name is Mem Chet Yu. So, some really great insights there by Yehuda. And one more little thought that we're going to do here. And this will kind of get you thinking where we're headed this week. And then we're going to go on break. And right after that, we're going to have Moni and um, Alberto on. (laughs) Boy, those retrogrades hit me today, isn't it? (laughs) Have you ever thought of doing a pilgrimage? Have you ever wanted to take your message around the world that would lead you through a variety of places and spaces? And if you had the opportunity, would you do a pilgrimage? And what type? In times long ago, pilgrimages, oh gosh, I am tongue twisted today. Pilgrimages were the way that people got their messages out. And they have been mostly associated with ascended masters and those that have changed the world, such as Jesus, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and more. It is known by those that had a message that led them to walk along walk long distances and connect with people in many places all over the world and throughout countries as a means for getting people to listen, to learn, and to open up to caring about one another. Today is not so common to make such journeys, and most prefer the comfort of traveling in automobiles, staying in luxury accommodations, and sharing their message in a conference center or meeting room. However, there are so many that don't get to hear or know their messages as they whirlwind and jump from one place to another. However, I do believe in some ways this method may resurface again as people come to realize the importance of face-to-face connection. I've learned in my journeys on the road that there's nothing like connecting with people in person, be it on a trail or sitting somewhere working on my computer or even perhaps a moment at the gym walking down the street, or any number of other opportunities that present themselves. My tour is a sort of pilgrimage, but not as formal as those of days gone by. Moni Dojeji and Alberto Grasso, hey, I did good that time. (laughs) And two people, or two people, that are on a pilgrimage that is closer to the more traditional style. They literally walk for peace. Going through different countries with their backpacks, they enter towns and villages and connect with the people there, carrying a message to bring people together in peace. This is exciting to me, as few would venture through what they do. Few would take this option for getting their message into the world, and few would trust spirit to provide for them in such a journey. However, I know from my own journey that spirit always does when we let go and trust. Time and time again, 
I see myself provided for on the road. What, or would you take a pilgrimage to get your message to people? And how would you feel about connecting with people on this level, entering into many unknown places and connecting with those that you've never, ever met? And do you feel we, see, we will see more of this, or will there most likely be but a few who will ever choose to take such journey? Ah, I'm so glad to get through some of this today. It's going to be really good to have guests on so they can talk for a while. This week I'm focusing, or we are focusing, on a component of compassion that's related to the aspects of my book, Finding Your Truth. And this encourages us to learn what our message is and to share it with the world, to get out and really live it. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will have Mommy Dosheji and Alberto Abrazzo sharing their work in Walking for Peace. The song I have for you during our break is called Frozen in Time. It's by Claire Hedin. And you can definitely check out more of Claire's work, see what she's up to, check out more of her music on her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedine called Frozen in Time, and you can check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedine.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. Today I have with me Moni Bejeji and Alberto Agrasso, who developed Walking for Peace, They have co-authored several books, including Walking for Peace, An Inner Journey, and then Alberto also inspires the world through his creative skills and artistic endeavors, where he creates sculptures, illustrations, comics, paintings, and sketches, which include full portraits. Together, they are pilgrims who have chosen to dedicate their life's journey to the inner transformation, to awakening the sacred within and sharing its gifts with the world. They each walk the 800-kilometer Camino in northern Spain and later that same year another 5,000 kilometers from Rome to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage for peace that lasted 13 months and took them through 13 countries. Their experiences form the basis of their belief that change begins within and that action grounded in a consciousness of love is the most powerful elixir to heal all. 
that is wounded in our world. We're taking a look today at their work of Walk for Peace, and you can definitely learn more about their work at www.walkingforpeace.com. And I'm going to get their mic opened up here, and it might take just a minute because my computer's running a little bit on the same side. There we go. And welcome to Activating Compassion, Moni and Alberto. Hello, Jesse Ann. Hello. <laughs> it's so great to have you here. Well, it's so great to be on your radio program. Thank you so much for inviting us. It's wonderful to hear your voice after all this time. I know. It's really a change when you've been communicating online with somebody and then, you know, you, you hear them or actually meet them in person. <laughs> You know, I I would love for you to start off by sharing how you got to this journey. What's your story behind developing this walk for peace? Well, I'll I'll start with myself. Um, And by the way, you pronounced my name perfectly in the end. So thank you for that. It is Moni (laughs) Dezezi as exactly you pronounced it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, and you pronounced it very well too, Alberto Agrasso. Perfect. Very well. Very well done. Well done. Well done. Well, I'll start with my story, um, which I think is the story of of many people that uh, they can relate to this kind of journey, that I had what most would consider um, an ordinary life. I I have an MBA. I worked in the corporate world for many years doing doing various kind of marketing and business management roles. And I reached a point where I just felt that my life was missing something. I, I just needed to be doing something with my life that felt more fulfilling or that had more purpose. And that quest kind of to find meaning in my life led me eventually into spiritual territory, into the New Age and the self-help section of the bookstore, which is where I spent most of my weekends really trying to come to a, a deeper understanding of who I am and what my purpose is in life and how I can go about living a life that had meaning. And with time, I found that I simply could not keep on working and dedicate myself to that spiritual quest. And I was in a very fortunate position of being able to say, I can leave it all behind because I was not married at the time. I had no children. And so I made the decision to quit um, the corporate world and leave behind all the, the comforts and the securities that being in the corporate world gives you and uh, embark on that quest that quest for, for self, that quest for understanding who I am. That, that big, the big thing that for me was um, I was trying to, to become the kind of person that a lot of these spiritual books promise that you can be, you know, the kind of person that can simply let go of the need to control and plan every single moment of their life and simply flow um, and trust that everything that you need is going to be provided for that um, when I embark on this kind of journey without controlling every detail, that everything is going to be okay and that I never am alone in that journey, that a greater hand is always with me. Call it the angels, call it the universe, call it God, that I'm never alone in that quest and that I need to trust more in what I couldn't always see. I needed to trust more in those invisible forces. So for me, the quest when I quit my job was really to put into practice all those things that all of these spiritual texts teach you. And um, my wanderings, if you want to call it that, eventually 
led me to the Camino, this uh, pilgrimage path in northern Spain. It's become very popular now. Um, when I walked it back in 2001, I was in a way, but there weren't too many North Americans on the path back then. And I walked with that intention, asking to be shown away, asking to let my fears be left on the steps that I took and be left on the Camino. I, I truly was committed to wanting to live this uh, this more love and compassion-filled life as opposed to one that was filled with fear. And eventually, as I walked, I learned to become more confident in my own steps and listening to my own inner guidance rather than always looking to the outer books and the outer guides to guide me. And I think that was probably the biggest leap in my own personal growth on the Camino was when I began to truly listen to my intuition and be present um, as I walked and attentive to signs, to omens, to the language of the universe that whatever it uses to speak with each and every one of us. And that really was the Camino's greatest gift to me, was allowing me to walk more confidently in my in trusting my intuition and in knowing that when I act on those wits of intuition, I'm going to be okay, that I am indeed protected, I am guided. And when by the time I arrived at the end of the Camino, I had already heard there was a path that led to Jerusalem that was called the Way of the Soul. And the Way of the Soul really called to me. And I think it's just simply because of where I was at that point in my life that I, I needed that connection with a higher purpose. And I arrived at the end of the Camino in a, in a town called Finisterre, which literally means the end of the world, uh, a small town on the Atlantic Ocean. And it was that one afternoon um, at the end of my pilgrimage where I met a Spanish pilgrim, a lovely Spanish man named Alberto Agraso. And through a translator, because I didn't speak any Spanish and he didn't speak any English, I let him know that I was walking to Jerusalem, to which he said, well, that's nice. And that was really the extent of our conversation. Um, he didn't feel any calling to join me at that moment. And I left it at that, thinking I would never see him again. But three months later, as I was making my way to Rome to begin my walk, our paths would cross once again. And this time, he would definitely feel the calling to walk this way of the soul and not not because of any romantic uh, connection to me, which everybody believes, but more because we, he was a pilgrim like I was, and he was on a spiritual quest as I was. And uh, I will let him tell his story because his story is also very interesting in terms of how he came onto this journey as well. Well, uh, I think she had explained very well. I don't know what more to say. <laughs> I, I could say that uh, at the same time that she was having her process here in Canada, I was having my own one in, in Spain. And I was uh, in a moment of my life where I was not feeling happy. I would say that I, will, I, will, I was feeling even depressed, but I didn't go, I didn't go to a psychologist. Then I, I don't know. I have not a medical uh, report or certificate, but really it was very bad in my life, and was especially because I didn't found after a long time uh, with my 28 years at that time, I, I didn't find really hope in life. I didn't find that my future was something that inspired me anymore. 
at that time, I was working like a claim adjuster in an insurance company for many years. And I had a, a good job and I had a good salary. And I had a, a girlfriend of many years. We were thinking to marry. We had to buy a house. We had a car. We had everything that that we thought that was uh, I thought that was uh, going to fulfill all my dreams. But what I saw in front of me was a, a very great road because I was not happy, especially what I was doing. I was working in something that was giving me all the material uh, that I needed, but I was not giving me the spiritual. I would say the, the more essential, the, the creativity, because I was an artist. I always, you know, I didn't learn to be an artist in, in a school. I was autodidacta. Um, I, I studied for my own, and I loved uh, arts, but I... I in the last years, I couldn't work in arts because I was all my time in my job, working during the day many more hours that I was uh, that I would really have wanted, and I couldn't fulfill my my real desire that was art. And uh, some years before the death of a very good friend, my best friend at that time, when he was 24 years in an accident, made me think made me think that what really was about uh, life, what was life about? You know, was about to, to, to make money, was about security, or was really about to follow your dreams? I know that it's, uh, it's, a, it's a topic, you know, to follow your dreams, but why, why we really are here? I think at that time, it was very clear for me with the death of my team that life is for to, to be happy, for to do something with it, for to try to create something new. And when I saw after this, uh, when I saw that my life was becoming so great that I, I couldn't do anything else that to be in my job all the hours of the day, I, I, I fell in depression, I think. And then when I was in the, in the more dark hours of, of my life until that moment, I, I found a book. I found a book that uh, opened my mind to a new vision of life. I, I had grown like a... In, I had grown Catholic, no? Was my family was Catholic? I was uh, a believer, uh, but at that point of my life, I didn't believe anything uh, more because I didn't feel uh, there was meaning in that. Because it's really there was is God was love. How we could suffer so much? How there was so many bad things? You know, at that moment of my life, my spirituality was very weak. Um, but this book reconnected again to me with that spirituality that I had been born with, with the idea that there that that was a loving God, but was with a more, um, a bigger explanation of what is God, what, who we are as, and why we are here. Mm -hmm. uh, this book was uh, the book, uh, You Can Change Your Life, for Louis Hay, it's very well known, and open to, apart of that, there was a loving reason for us to be here, open the door to the idea that we could create our life to without thinking. At the moment I understood that what we think influences so much in our reality and, and our attitudes are so important in how our destiny is become. And that was the, 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 first, the point, the milestone, I would say, that was more important in my life about the spirituality. And from there I started to read more, so many more books. I started to investigate. And especially the more important, I started to practice what I was learning. And that was that bring me to the Camino, Camino de Santiago in Spain, because I was trying to practice what I, what I, I believe at the moment. And there was where I meet Moni at the end of the, of the journey. Yeah. 
It's so interesting to hear both of you talk because you bring these perspectives that a lot of people think about. I think there's a lot of people, Moni, I've been in the, the corporate world myself in the past, and they find it unfulfilling that they're not willing to give up that security. Maybe yeah. they're not in a place too because they have family or something else that is a responsibility for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, Alberta, you bring up some good questions as well. And that a lot of people go through this life feeling very, very unhappy or unfulfilled. And they keep thinking yeah. the very questions that you were thinking when you met Moni, which is, if there's this great God out there, how come I'm suffering so much? <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. You. you know, this is a big pondering. And, I, you know, I oftentimes am reminding um, myself, other people, that God's not creating our suffering. We are. And yes. it takes stepping into these things. But, I mean, as you say, Bunny, this, this is a huge leap of faith. I mean, I know when I started my journey, I left with 500 bucks, and that's all I had, my name. And that was last <laughs> fall. And yeah. so I can completely relate to that trust and wanting to live the lessons <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, in that. I, I can tell you that the hardest – go ahead. No, go right ahead. I was going to say it's just it's a huge step to take from the world you were in to, to starting that. It it is, you know, it's funny because people when they say, Oh wow, you know, you walked all those, you know, all those kilometers or all those miles through all those countries, you you guys must have been so brave and I can tell you the hardest decision I made was to quit my job because that meant leaving behind the security. And security, you know, as is the fear of not having enough, the fear of not having especially the financial abundance around you or the regular paycheck coming in every single month, that is terrifying to most people. But the journey, and my journey especially, has been about putting into practice a lot of the spiritual laws that we all learn about learning to trust about learning to believe, to know that you are there for. You are a child of God, a child of the divine, call it whatever you will, and all the children are provided for. We are often our own blocks, truly. And it is the work, that is why anything that you want to accomplish begins with the inner work of clearing all those fears, of looking at them, of healing them, of seeing where they've come from. And to stand in the knowing that when you are following your calling, everything around you will come to you. You said this yourself. You have, on your journey, you have met with experiences and with people and situations where you go, this has been just amazing. Everything that I've needed has just miraculously come together, right? Oh, absolutely. I've watched it time and time again. And... It is amazing. It's like, you know, wherever I am, I wonder, why am I sitting here for two weeks or something? And lo and behold, there was somebody I needed to connect with. And that brought in something to help me in the next step of things. Did you find in that process, Moni, uh, 
because I think leaving behind the security, I mean, it's even more than just the basic trust. It's, the, as you say, leaving behind that security, that sense of safety. Was there a turning point for you where you finally said, okay, I can relax in this a little bit and realize this is working? Well, you know, I can't tell you that there is there was one turning point because you know what happens? I don't know if this happens with you or your, your listeners. You have a powerful experience that demonstrates to you that you are taken care of, and then you forget it. Something happens, and then you forget the power of that moment, and you fall back into old ways of thinking. You fall back into old fears. And so it has been, and it is, a journey, then not knowing that everything is going to be all right and that everything is going to be provided for. You know, it's funny. I was having this conversation. Um, I was doing a small presentation at a, at a local church here, and the topic of the day was around doing, it was around practice and doing the work that we all know that we need to do. Spiritual teachings, the, the core of them are few, and they're very similar. The work is to actually do it. <laughs> That's where change begins. And on this journey of kind of, um, you know, starting our own business and, and really betting for our dreams and, and living the life that we are living, um, there are moments when I still have my fears. There are moments when I look, at the, I look at the expenses going out and the income coming in and I go, okay, what am I going to do about this? I'm, you know, I'm, I feel afraid. I feel nervous. And um, in a conversation with someone that I had not too long ago, a very successful uh, businesswoman who managed to turn what she loved, her passion, into something that actually she makes a living from, I asked her, how, how do you do that? Like, how do you live your passion and not think about the money? Where does it come from? And she just looked me straight in the eye and said to me, money is not your problem. Your problem and your only job is to drive the bus to look at what service it is that you're offering, what is it that you're bringing to the world that's going to lift it and stand in complete alignment with that. That is your job, to never, ever waver from who you are and why you are here. It's, the, it's God's job to worry about the money. It's the angel's job. It's not yours. And when she said those words, it was as if something clicked in me. When we walked, there were often times when, you know, I had money in my back pocket, but it would not have helped me in any way because there were no hotels to go to. There were no rooms where we could sleep. We truly had to trust and believe that we would receive what we needed. And so that conversation with that woman brought back kind of into present moment that fact and the living and the knowing that, yes, we are always cared for. And the work is to make peace with those fears that we have about our security and allow, uh, give them, give them up, give them, I mean, give them to God, give them to the angels. The agreement that I now have with my angels and with my guides is to say, listen, I'll do the work. I'll commit to clearing my fears and standing clear in who I am and my purpose. And your job is to bring me the experiences and bring me the people and the highest and most loving projects to help me bring this calling forward. So I feel like I'm collaborating now with my angels and with my guys. We have, a, we have a good thing going on. I do my part, they do their part, and my job really now is to stay centered and to pay attention to all the meetings, all the encounters, all the things that come my way, 
and to act from that place of knowing that this is part of the next step. That is really powerful. Yeah. You, you know, Jesse, um, really that was the way uh, how we walk. You know, when we walk from Rome to Jerusalem, uh, we were uh, asking for shelter uh, because uh, Moni had uh, her money. Well, she had enough money for to sleep in the hostels. Um, um, but I, at that moment when I decided to walk with her, I had little money that I had saved from the work that I was doing at that time, the job that I was doing at that time then we needed to decide how we were going to work. She, we were going to continue, uh, she was going to continue going uh, to hostels, uh, how I was going to do. Then we talk about to, to uh, in every city that we will arrive, we will split. She will go to the hostel and I will go to ask for shelter in a monastery or in a, in a spiritual center or in the city hall, in any place that they will accept me, like a pilgrim walking for peace, for to pass the night. You know, my idea was to say to that uh, I didn't need money, I didn't, didn't need food, that I needed was only a route. And, and that, that is what I did for two nights. But money uh, immediately she thought, I cannot lead you, uh, you know, <laughs> going to these places and I am sleeping in a, in a hotel, you know, at that time. Then she decided, for that reason, she decided to walk in the same way that I was walking. Um, but that is that we did. Every time we walked 25, 30, 40 kilometers, we arrived to a place that we didn't uh, plan in the morning, sometimes yes, but you know, we were open to, to providence and we were open to where the, the destiny or the, or the angels or the omens were bringing to us. And we didn't know who was going to be uh, open or who was going to receive us that night. And, you know, I can tell you that the first six months that we walk in this way, or the, or the walk, the, the year, the whole year we walk in this way, but lately we started, more lately we started to go to hotels too, and the things were cheaper in Turkey and Greece. But the first six months, we were, every day we arrived to a place, we don't know who was going to be there. We called to the door, yeah. and always we were received. Always somebody received us and bring us inside. When somebody say no, we say, okay, this is not the place. There are another place waiting for us. There is another meeting waiting for us. This is the conclusion that we arrived at, that the, the encounters, the places where we were going to sleep, they were there for a reason. And when somebody say no, was only meaning that that was not the place, that that was another waiting. That was the attitude, was the, the frame of mind that helped us to go ahead and make real this miracle because really many people still still doesn't believe us, doesn't believe that people that didn't know us could receive us every every day, yeah. you know. And, and we did another thing is this year that we walk. Never anybody tried to hurt us, yeah. you know. We walk for difficult places. We walk for Albania in, in a time that was very difficult. We walk for Syria. Nobody tried to hurt us, never. You know, but that, that the truth, it was too that we always had in our mind that people is good. Yeah. And that was our mantra. People is good. People try to help us. And we never um, allowed that idea that there was people that was going to help us came to our mind, you know, or, or we try at least. The biggest problems that we had were emotional, fear, the problems when we started our relationship, because at the beginning we were not in a relationship, but six months, four months later, we started our relationship, you know, all the emotional struggles, but really we never had a problem with anybody. Then this really showed us, especially, that the world is so much safer than we think. 
the world is a good place and that the human heart is good that all of us look the same for the same thing look for happiness look for to be helpful look to try to help each other you know and if you open your mind to that and you walk with that, with that conviction in your mind and you walk even farther with the idea that you are not walking alone that there is so something so much greater than you which, which such essence is love and it's with you all the time you can see miracles. You can yeah. see that the life is easy and that all flow with you. That was our experience, and this is that we try to remember every day and that we try to bring us to the, to the people that we know, the people that we talk. You know, it's funny. As Alberto was, uh, was speaking, it reminded me of a story of, um, of what happened in Albania. Now, you have to remember, we were walking just after 9-11. We were walking in 2001, 2002. And so there was just a general amount of uncertainty and a, just a general fear everywhere that we walked. Um, but when, before we even arrived to the country of Albania, which is, um, I guess, to position it kind of geographically for people, it's on the other side of the Adriatic Sea where Italy is. So if you imagine the Adriatic Sea, Italy is kind of on the left-hand side and Albania is on the right-hand side of it. So before we even arrived in Albania, people were saying to us, from Italy even, oh, you can't go to Albania. Have you not heard? There was a, a, a severe dictatorship in that country for so many years. And then now that the dictatorship has fallen, there's anarchy and chaos all over. They just as soon kill you as, as talk to you. As soon as they see that you're, you know, you're a tourist, they're just going to rob you blind. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust the police. You can't trust, trust the officials and definitely don't trust the people. You cannot walk through Albania. So before I even arrived in Albania, <laughs> I was terrified of Albanians ever having met one. So we arrive in Albania, and of course, you know, I'm very nervous, and I'm trying to control my fears because one of the first things I had learned and one of the things I was really trying to practice was not to allow other people's fears and other people's experiences to color or to influence my own experience. I really wanted to walk with an open heart and to really look for myself what it was about the people that were there that I could connect to. So one of our first days, as soon as we arrived in Albania, our first day there, um, we see that there are many people who are just literally just mostly men uh, in cafes that are the size of a lot of them just closets sitting in front of the cafes. And as soon as they saw us pass by, they, you know, invite us for a cup of coffee, which is, wow, this is really nice, very friendly people. We did that the first time, second time, third time, until we realized they had nothing else to do except have coffee. But what was interesting was their conversation with us. Because when they all learned what we were doing, they would say, oh, well, it's good what you're doing, but be careful. You can't trust the Albanians. Albanians are not to be trusted. I said, well, I'm talking to you, and you're, you seem really nice. And then they said, well, you can trust me, but, you know, don't trust the other Albanians. And so, and this was just kind of generally the feeling as we walked. When a police officer stopped us, that was kind of the, the scariest part for me because we had been told, don't trust the police. They're going to ask you for money. They may just throw you in jail for no reason. So when a police officer, police car pulled us over, I was already terrified. They took our, he took our passports, and we thought, okay, let's see what's going to happen. And when he came back, he said to us, 
I've called in all your passport information so that other cars and police officers who are driving along here will know who you are and they'll know where you're going so that you'll be safe. And by the way, he said, don't trust the Albanians. <laughs> so everybody was afraid of everybody else. Yeah, but they're all good yeah, people. Exactly. All that we found was people that was very good, but they were afraid of each other. Yes. Really, we didn't find any, anyone that really was a real Italian. You know? yes. And I think that was a simple, it was a sample, it's an anecdote yes. of what happened everywhere because we, we encountered these two in other countries too. No, mm-hmm. but they they warned us, uh, they warned us about the, the, the next, next country. country, and it was uh, you know, and then was a joke in between us. You know, but yeah, <laughs> the, the next ones are going to be even worse than the but yes. always, always were good people. You know, so fear is well, the culprit. Yeah, fear. Yeah. There's so many good points in what you're saying here. And, you know, when we look at these things, we build up these fears in meeting people or getting into a certain circumstance or situation. And the judgments are already flying without us even knowing anything <laughs> for facts. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Alberto, there's a really good thing where people build up these fears and they're really afraid of each other. They haven't yeah. really gotten to know each other and they're all good people. And, you know, you can hear that. Like even when I travel just around the U.S., there's, oh, you got to watch out for those East Coast people. Oh, you got to watch out for those back people. Oh, you got yeah. you know. And, yeah. and it's amusing because they all end up opening their hearts and their homes to me, and they all have this goodness in them that is amazing yeah. to yeah. watch. And I think, as both of you mentioned, it has a lot to do with coming at things from an open heart and an essence of love. Because when yeah. we're yeah. coming at it from fear, that's when the fear is manifest. We're coming out yes, of love. That's when we get these beautiful experiences, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, you know, Jesse, we found uh, some pilgrims when we did this. We, we found some pilgrims in the road. Only a few ones, but we found a guy that was uh, biking uh, from for the war. Uh, for I think it was nine or seven years that he was biking, and he was really surprised that people received us in their homes, not only in the churches, but in the, in their homes. And he said that he had tried. He told us, I don't know how that is possible because I have tried many times that people receive me in their homes or in churches and nobody does. And he started after to say, because people is stupid. They don't understand what I am doing. And they are, but you know, immediately we saw, you know, the problem that you have is your attitude. You know, you don't need to say anything. It's something, it's a, a vibration, it's an energy, it's something that is around you. You know, you need to, you need to trust. You, you need to, uh, that you say, the love must be your core. You know, you need to find to that conviction that the world is good, that your, the world is your friend. You know, this is a friendly world. But if you have in your mind that this is a dangerous world, that is that you are going to see, and this, that is that you are going to attract your life. Yeah. Then I would recommend to somebody that is very afraid, very, very afraid, and never do something like we have done before in your home, with your people, with your neighborhood, try to reach that place of love. Try to reach that place of understanding to others. Try to reach that place of friendship with others and with yourself. And when you arrive to that possibility to, in your mind, that you say, you know, maybe it's possible that the world is good. Maybe it's possible that the people is loving. 
then when you are in that place that you are starting to believe, then start to give steps ahead. You know, yeah. because that you say, what you have in your mind, what you have in your heart, is what you are going to see around you. But really, people, in essence, is good, because all we are children of love. All we are, in essence, the same thing, the thing that created the universe, the stars, and everything. And that essence is love, pure love. And this is so important. I mean, it's it's one of those lessons that we hear, this is all you've got to do. Not very many people experience that in some ways, and, and it really is all you have to do. It's, we make these things so much more complicated than they are. And, yeah. you know, when we let go, it's such a great example of how when you really tune into that inner self and you know that you're on your path and you hold that space of love, it doesn't matter if there's a war going on because that hmm. peace ends up prevailing. But yes. it does require us to trust. It does require us to have faith along the way. And you know that that peace that you feel inside, that energy that vibrates inside of you, that energy of compassion, that energy of love, that is an energy that does change worlds. I really do believe that. You know, it's something, it's, it's a powerful thing to witness when you are in the presence of someone who you, you, just, you just stand near them and there is something about their presence and their energy that just makes you feel completely at ease, makes you feel completely safe that everything is going to be okay. And so how did they get like that? And this is the question I ask myself. How did these people get like that? Were they just born like that? What circumstances did they have to overcome to get to this place? You know, we all have our stories. You know, we all have the things in our lives that have marked us, both in a positive way and in a negative way. And I truly believe that the journey of each one of us to get to that, to that place of healing, of, of making peace with whatever it is in your life, that has traumatized you or that has placed you in a place of fear or in a place of insecurity or in a place of judgment or in a place of hatred, all of that. We expect, you know, to solve the world problems to be solved by, you know, all these big people. But truly the hardest work of peace begins with making peace with yourself and then, for example, because we had this question, you know, you know, walking through so many countries and so many countries that are, have had political strife throughout their history, we heard every conspiracy theory imaginable. We heard every theory about whose fault it is and why the world is the way it is and who's to blame. And, you know, our, our answer was very simple oftentimes. You know, we weren't walking with any sponsors. We weren't walking with like a political agenda or a religious agenda. We were just two individuals who were really trying to live what they believed. And our answer often to them would be, you know what, do you have someone in your family that you haven't spoken to for like 20 years? A father, brother, sister, someone. And if you can't go out and make peace with just that one person who you haven't spoken to in so many years, imagine how difficult it is to create peace on, on a much larger scale, between communities, between countries, among neighbors. 
So this was really why we always brought it back to the individual, to place the power back in the individual. We do have the power to create change. And that change is happening, by the way. It's not something that's kind of out in the future. It's happening right now. And more and more people, I believe, that shift in consciousness that we talk about is the awakening of people to their own power, to their divinity, to their possibility that they can change what's going on around them. And it begins by changing themselves. It begins by changing the stories that they tell themselves about who they are and who this supposed other or the enemy is out there. This is the shift that's happening that, that we see anyway. And I'm sure you must see the same thing. <laughs> you know, it, it's really huge what you're saying, this making peace with fear, this making peace with what is not flowing in your life. And a lot of people struggle with because they don't want to bend, they don't want to give, they don't want to sacrifice themselves in that process. And I get all of that. But at some point, that peace needs to be made in order to break free of the cycle of that situation. Um, I am constantly sharing with people the power of the individual. We're not to worry about all the outside stuff so much, we're supposed to focus on us. And Mm -hmm. when we focus on our own individual life and stop worrying about, you know, who's together with who and, (laughs) you know, and all of their drama agendas, which are built to keep the fears alive, um, Mm-hmm. Then we realize that we do have this power, and like you, I, I'm constantly reminding people of that. The power is within your. It starts within yourself. It starts with clearing your own life up. I love that you brought up the point of changing your story, because this is a big thing that I've been working with very recently about saying, you know what, all of these fears are just a bunch of lies, and that's not my story. My story is I'm in this alignment, and this is the only thing that's there. It's not that I'm ignorant to the rest of it, but this is what my energy is going to be aligned with, period. Yep. It is about changing that story. I would love for you to give a little more insight on the aspects of what walking for peace is all about. I think people grasp the fact that you take a walk, (laughs) and that's creating a personal journey for you. But are you doing any speaking? Are you just talking with people in casual conversation as you go? Give us a bigger picture on what it is that actually happens during these walks? Well, you know, walking for peace, the walk that we did back in 2001, 2002, in a way was, it was our way of coming to a lot of the this understanding that we speak with with you today. A lot of that really was formed from kind of the journey of working with and not struggle, well, struggling through, let's just say we struggle through a lot of 
what it is that we believed and and who we are on those journeys on that journey and it has since kind of formed the basis of what it is that we do today we don't uh walk physically to different places anymore with groups or anything like that we can say that we are metaphorically still walking because really it's about the journey and the journey is always inner it's um, you know, walking to Jerusalem and walking for peace. I think Jerusalem was like, uh, it gave me my, the dream, you know, it launched me on the great adventure. And it really, in the end, not to give away, you know, the ending of the book, but anything, but it never was around about Jerusalem in the first place. The whole journey, the whole idea uh, was planted in my heart so that I would embark on the journey because it is in the journey that you face your fears. It's in the journey that you battle your demons. It's in the journey that you find your proper, your strength and your power and you stand more confident and in who in the, you are. And it's in the journey where you can know yourself. You know? Exactly. And so that journey didn't end in Jerusalem. You yeah. know, that journey continues to this day. And a lot of what we do today is what we are doing with you right now. We find these opportunities to speak and to share these perspectives that we have learned from walking the way that we have walked and that we continue to walk metaphorically. In many ways, it's easy to be on pilgrimage. It's easy to put all the changes that you want to affect into your life by going on a very long walk because you're not distracted by anything, right? You don't have, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about your daily routine, the bills that you have to pay, you know, take my kid to school or to soccer practice. You're outside of your daily routine. And there's a great power in pilgrimage in that it does take you out of your routine and it gives you the space to just be with yourself and just reflect on who you are and come to that place of inner knowing. Now, to do that kind of a walk metaphorically in your everyday routine life, this is where it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. <laughs> and so this is what we are doing right now. The lessons that we have learned, the experiences that we have garnered, we share in our publications, in our books, in our blogs, in our speeches, because we do give a lot of talks, you know, we go out and we try to awaken in people that spirit of inner searching. If you want to go on a long walk to do that, that's great. If you want to go on the Camino, if you want to go on any pilgrimage or a long hike, all the power to you. We can help you with that, by the way. We can help you to do all of that. But the journey, you must walk alone. And really what we try to do today is help people to this, to just awaken that spark within them to say, hey, you're going to kind of knock on the head a little bit. Remember who you truly are in this life. You are so much more than simply this physical body here going to work every, every day, just trying to make a living. Your life and your purpose for being here is just so much grander, but nothing will change until you begin to change yourself, until you begin to take that journey of walking towards yourself. This is really what we try, what we do right now. And, and you know, you are never alone. Uh, in the moment that you start, you are never alone even when you are not conscious of that. But in the moment that you start to walk towards yourself and towards to knowing more and more, you can feel, right the moment that you can feel so much with so much more evidence that that small miracles happen 
that there are presence around you, loving presence around you, that angels exist in this physical realm and in the others, and that the life is much more, how Moni say, is much more that we know is much more magical, much more yeah. beautiful, much more blessing that, that we could imagine ever. Yeah. And but for that, you need to give the steps. You know, to, you, know, you need to challenge yourself and little by little overcome your fears and little by little go towards the final goal. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the, the things I've recently, um, I guess, came to realize is that for those people who are afraid to make a change, who are afraid to leave the security of what they know, but who have a dream or have a passion and they know what they're totally passionate about and they know what they would love to do if they just had the chance to do it, you know, there are many people and many services out there that can help them. You know, if you are truly passionate about something, you can continue working for now. In fact, Alberto did this. When he had his shift and his awakening towards living a life that has more purpose, well, he continued to work in the insurance company as a claims adjuster. He just came at it from a different perspective rather than when you can tell the yeah. story. Yes. It's in the beginning I thought that I was going to quit my job. You know, when I discovered all this new vision about life that we are spending here. But not what I did is that I came back to my job. For the moment, I knew that something greater was uh, waiting for me. I knew that in some moment I, I could live off my art. Then I started to go to courses in the weekend and to and to spend more time with my art. I talked to my bosses and to say, you know, I'm going to continue here, but I'm going to work my hours, not anymore, you know. And even when I knew that this was going to disappoint them, then I risked in that moment. But I knew that if that doesn't work, I, w- I would quit my, my job anyways. Then I, in that condition, I was for two years more. But the more important thing that changed in me is that I was not a victim in that place. I was not there because the people came to me to give me all the garbage and all the complaints. No, I was there and I was a victim. I could help people. I could help people while I was there. Then anything that you do for the moment, if you are working on something that you don't like, but you think that you need to pay bills and you cannot quit in this moment, I will recommend that put the dream, what you really want in your in your goal, in your list of goals, go uh, give a small steps towards that, and while you are right there, trying to love what you are doing in this moment, try to find a purpose in what you in what you are doing in this moment that you don't like, you know, and it's that I did in my job, and for two years. I was really enjoying what I was doing because I was being in service. You know, even I didn't like the work, but I love that I could help other people in the small things that they needed. You know, and that was a, a big step towards my, my final goal that was to leave that kind of work and to focus totally in my art. That is what happened two years later. Yeah. And uh, in my case, for example, when I quit my job, I didn't know where I was going. And I think it took me, I didn't just decide to quit my job and overnight and then there I was. I had to suffer. Everybody gets, has their point of suffering. My, my point lasted a few years until I got to the place where it was like, that's it. I can't take anymore. I would rather just be uh, not, just, I'd just rather be someplace else than, than being like this. But in my case, I didn't know where I wanted to go. I did not have a passion that called me. I didn't have something that I was naturally very good at that I could say, ah, I want to do this. I'm passionate about this, so I'm going to go and do that and work towards it. And, and I think there are a lot of 
in, in my conversations with many people I'm finding that there's a lot of that. Part of why people stay where they are is because if they leave that, they also don't know where they want to go. They don't have any passions. They don't have the things that absolutely um, they love to express. And so the journey for people, I think, like that, and it was for me, was becoming confident and comfortable in the gray areas. Because there's a lot of gray when you go out of what the unknown, when you go out of the known, which is the security, and you don't quite know where you're going. So you're kind of like on the edge of this cliff, and you're not really sure which way you're going to go. And so I think there is a, a need, in a way, to teach people to be comfortable and safe in this place right here, right now, in the moment where you are, that everything is going to be okay, to align with who you are, to take the time to feel at peace with where you are in this moment now. And from that place of peace and feeling good with where you are, a step will reveal itself. If you are paying attention, if you are aligned, if you are trying to be the kind of person who is open and present, the universe is speaking all the time. And so if you are able to be in that place and to listen, you will receive the next step. And you may not see where it's all going to lead you right away, but the next small step that you take and that you feel good about will open you up to maybe the next step. And so oftentimes our path is not made up of the clear goal and the steps to get there. It's often made, and I'm seeing this for for myself Mm -hmm. and, and for the people I'm meeting, of just having confidence in where you are now. And where you are now, and if you can feel good about where you are now and stand in complete confidence in where you are now and trust, another step will reveal itself to you. And this is something that I'm really I'm working on also with people and, develop, and helping those who are looking to feel confident in that step to kind of listen and be present where they are so that that next step can reveal itself to them. And I find that very exciting now. It, it is very exciting because you both come from two different perspectives. Uh, you know, Alberto, on the one hand, of integrating the work while he's doing something else. And mm-hmm. you, Molly, coming from, I don't really know where I want to start. And, and you bring in a great perspective of the fact of start with what you need to work on within yourself whatever fear you have, whatever hesitation, wherever you're, you're most challenged point is, and you let it go from there because it does reveal itself along the way. I have times where sometimes people are asking me, they go, well, which direction are you going? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> and it's not that I don't have some sort of general idea like, Okay, I know I need to be in Massachusetts in October, but between that, I don't totally know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of variables there right now, and I that hasn't been totally disclosed to me whether I'm taking option A, B, or C at this point. Um, and and this reminder of being in the journey, I think, is really huge. And that that's where the strength and the power is, is in the journey. It's not the destination. 
It's not, you know, getting the diploma, so to speak. It's what did you learn in the process of getting the diploma? Because look at today, even today, you can go buy that reverend credential for five bucks and, you know, not do anything for it. And it, it doesn't, you know, there's no power in that piece of paper. The power is in the journey. The power is in what did it take you to get to that point. And I and I think you're right, Moni. I think there are a lot of people out there today that they don't know what the message is. They don't know what they want to do, and that's okay. They need to do the discovery work first. And, and knowing yeah. where we're coming from, where's our comfort zone? Do we know it? Do we not know it? We're going to take a journey, and either way, that journey is going to hold them along the way to us. Yeah. And I think people also need to be reminded over and over again, and, and maybe this is something that they hear, but I don't know that they necessarily believe, that you are deeply loved exactly the way that you are and exactly where you are in this moment in your life. There's nothing you have to do, nothing you have yeah. to prove, nothing you have to demonstrate to earn this love. You are loved with all of your perceived flaws and faults that you think you have and all of your fears that you think will forever hold you back from living the life that you wish for yourself. And even if that life means nothing more than feeling at peace with who you are. It doesn't have to be big things. I, I don't know that, you know, we, we all have to do the grand things in our lives. Yeah. But I do feel that there is a calling in each one of us to find a place of peace and love in terms of who we are and knowing that we are, as I said, loved for who we are exactly the way that we are and that we are never, ever alone in this journey that we are making here. Yeah, it's funny because I was going to tell, I was thinking that in the same, no, that all that we are talking about to follow your dreams, uh, we had the risk to to mistake, to make a mistake and to think that the important thing is the dream, you know, or the occupation or what we do. Uh, and no, uh, that is not the important thing. We are important already how we are. Even if we don't do nothing, it's all essence that is important. Is And then... To find that the, the present moment and to enjoy and to love and to accept ourselves how we really are, that is the, the key point. From ironically, where you can go after and to do big things, but the important is not the big things that you do, it's who you are, who you are, what you do that thing. Exactly. You know, that is the, the, the key point. And, you know, that things are there, especially for our own selfish, it's for to enjoy, it's for to express ourselves, it's for to create, it's for to love. But it's for our own self. You know, there is not an obligation. We have no obligation to do anything. We are here for to be happy. We are here for to express, to grow. That is the main reason. We are important already. You know, that, that is the big thing that we are always going towards something to grow, to, to, to make the big dream, to, to get the, the big job. And, you know, it's okay to grow. It's, to, it's okay to, to do things. It's to work, okay to create, but not for the wrong reasons. Eh? The main reason is our own self, it's our own, our own inner self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and this is interesting because on one hand, you mentioned, okay, you've got to take this journey alone. And on another hand, you're mentioning that you're never alone. 
and that's yeah. really key for mm-hmm. people to to get. This isn't somebody else's journey. This is your journey. We each yeah. have our own journey, and and nobody can walk it for us. Um, yeah. It's very interesting how oftentimes I believe we will get some sort of guide or companion or whatever that is that sometimes maybe gets us started along the way. Um, and then at some point, you have to do it alone. You know, you have to take yeah. some of this journey on your own in order to really develop that strength and to, to really make the conquering without the security blanket of somebody else right there. Um, but also in that process, as you mentioned, Alberto, you're never alone. You no. you always have the divine with you. You always have the angels with you. You always have those non-physical guides with you. And mm. there's no better team <laughs> to have with you when you're working through something on your own in this process. And it's a really powerful space to realize, um, you know, that you have that. Yeah. Well, you know, I think all the great masters have said, whether your master or your teacher is Jesus or it's Buddha or it's it's no one, it's or anyone in particular, it's the greatest masters and teachers have always said they are not looking for followers. They want to awaken the same mastery that they have within their disciples. So what they want to do is to show the way for you to gain the same powers as they have. What they're asking is that you take responsibility for that and actually do the work. They will show a way. They will demonstrate the way. But you must walk the way. (laughs) And this is ultimately all the great teachings. All the great teachings, I think, in essence, if you come down to the core of what they're trying to teach, they're all trying to teach in different languages, perhaps, in different ways of explaining things, the essence of what the work each of us must do. No one can do it for us. And it's easy to just go let go keep blaming others for what's going on. Keep placing the power from creating the change outside of yourself. It's the easy way to go because that way you don't have to take responsibility for any of your thoughts or any of your actions. It does all of it at the end begin with you. Yeah. It's all the, it's the, the cliche. All the <laughs> teachings I will say was thinking that try to reveal that the the greatness, the greatness is really inside of each of us. You know, it's like the this old statement um, that was um, know yourself. Know thyself. You know, for, um, the, for the wise Greeks, the uh, Greeks, philosophers. Yep. Yep. You know, know yourself. That was the main core uh, destination, the main core wisdom, the key is know yourself because knowing yourself in yourself is the fountain of all miracles. It's the fountain of everything, the spark that started everything. Yes. That is the, the real destination for each of us. You just had another gigantic point, Alberto, that know yourself aspect. Yeah. And this goes way beyond just knowing whether you like chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream. This goes way beyond, (laughs) you know, whether you're a morning person or a night person or a coffee person or a tea person. 
when we get into knowing ourselves, then we know we're divine creation. We know that we are is perfect as we are. We know that every mm-hmm. moment is perfect, no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, that knowing indeed. yourself has a lot of depth. It's very circles, but it's got an awful lot of depth in it. Yeah. And there's, you know, you think you know yourself today, but then something else happens tomorrow. And the next day you meet someone, and then what you thought you know maybe has hmm, a small element that needs to be polished a little bit. And so we're continually going deeper into who we are and what we know about ourselves. I don't think, uh, I think it's a journey without end. It's a a great, it's always, we are always growing, I think. Even when in the moments that we see ourselves as like we are stuck, we are not stuck. We are growing even because all that we are living in this moment that we think that we are stuck or we are lost will be the source for a future illumination or revelation. Mm-hmm. In the future, we will know what, what was happening in these times that we feel that they are dark. So all had a good purpose. Every step of the journey, even the, the more scary or, or, the, or the worst one, had a meaning and are always going towards the light, towards the end. So always we are growing. You know, then, but we never stop. I don't think that illumination, you know, the people looking for enlightenment or illumination, you can reach a, a level of, of wisdom, but always will be deeper levels of, to discover. And I think that is not frustrating. I think that is amazing. It's in, 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 mm-hmm. invigorizing. No? Invigorating. Invigorating, yeah. too. Because this is an amazing journey. O sea, you know, what we are is impossible, it's indescriptible. Undescribable. You know, undescribable. So we are always, but always towards a better destination, a more wise, a more enlightening. You know, it's a journey towards towards the, the greatest of all things. You know, I think God was always described like the most, the nothing that is most uh, more bigger or wiser or powerful or loving or beautiful or that that God. You know, you know, and I think that is the the, the final God. I think. In the, what is hide in the in the greatness that there is inside of each of us, especially that God that we are looking for, you know, in religions and philosophies, is that is a residing or heart in, in in the deepest of our heart. Yeah, it's it's huge because you're right. There's always more layers to discover, and I part of as you're unfolding those layers. You get more and more excited about what else is there to discover. Sometimes you hit those where you're like, I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> but uh, I think most of the points you you hit, you go, yeah, this is really cool. And when I find the deeper I go, the more I go, I really get this now. And it's so simple and it's so basic. And you know, it's like, whoa. And and you're right. I think as far as we're in a human body, I mean, it unravel a whole heck of a lot in this human body. But as far as being in it, I mean, there's going to be certain things that we're not going to get until we leave this world. <laughs> that's just, yep. you know, that's just a fact of being a third dimension. Um but I think that we can 
certainly open up to a tremendous amount that can keep us going for a lifetime, not a a journey that ever gets boring or old or <laughs> any of those things with it. And and I love your focus on peace because it connects so much with compassion and my work in compassion because I feel compassion is a huge means to finding that peace. Um, I want to make that connection for people we have, we have to come from the heart, and when we're coming from the heart, that leads us to be compassionate with ourselves, other people, to drop the judgment, and to take this journey, and to realize we're all on a journey, whether we're conscious of it or not. And mm-hmm. just because our journey is happening while doesn't mean everybody's journey needs to happen the same way. All come at it from different sides or angles or perspectives or different tools to work with along the way. Um, and I think that that's very, very important when you're doing this work. Yeah, I mean, there will always be revelations. I don't know if it's the same with you, Jesse Ann, but the moment that you that I've thought about something, ah, oh, I've mastered this. You know, I've I've got this. I've done the work, I've gone deep, I've done the meditations, I've done the healing, I've, I've made peace with it. And then something happens and another aspect of the same thing is still there. <laughs> and so you think you've done all the work, and I have, but there's perhaps an element that you hadn't considered before, an aspect of the same thing that just needed to be seen so that you could go deeper into that knowing. And that's what it is. I think it's every life experience brings you deeper into that knowing. And the deeper you go into it, I think the more confidently you stand in knowing who you are. This is the whole know thyself. It comes to that. So that every experience that comes to you adds to that depth of knowing because you're seeing all the facets, all the elements of that one thing. And you're going deeper into that knowing of who you are and of making peace with it. And, and, you know, and you can apply that to everybody, you know. The good thing of to make mistakes and the good thing of to see that that we have still things to advance and to grow and that we do, yeah, you know, that you make mistakes is to understand that other people pass for the same thing, you know. And that is that what you are talking about, compassion is very important, you know. Compassion and, and love, I think, come for a very deep empathy. Uh, the way that you can understand others and to put you in your in their shoes, you know. And when you are capable to understand the another, then the enemy usually disappears because you can see that they is having the same mistake that you had before or you will have in the future, and that we are in the same we are in the same path. Exactly. We are we are brothers and sisters, and we are trying to do the best that we know with what uh, the best that we can with what we know, you know, in every moment of of our life, you know. Yeah. They are very interwoven, Alberta. I agree because when we're compassionate, we have more peace in our life. When we create more peace in our life, we naturally become more compassionate. So <laughs> they are definitely yeah, yeah. very interwoven. And, you know, I feel like, Moni, too, you brought up another good point in this in that with each layer you unfold, the stronger you stand 
Um, I find that because I know in my journey right now, there's a lot of people that go, how can you possibly be standing in the lot of peace that you're standing in with what is going on in your life? (laughs) And I'm like, well, there's there's a whole lot of answers to that, but it is that aspect of that depth that I just keep going into, and I choose to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and and allowing that to happen. Um, I know I'm proactive. I know I'm taking my steps. And you do. You just develop this stronger level of confidence. I don't have all the answers. I don't, um, you know, claim to have all the solutions to everything. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but when you can find, when you're at a certain point and you've been going deeper and deeper and deeper to where you find that confidence, you don't always have to know because as you learned in your journey, it's going to show up. I'm going to know when I need to know. And Exactly. If I'm in those stalled points, then boy, I better get on there and start going deeper. <laughs> and yeah, and I will be more confident in it. Um, yeah, I think I read someplace that you put a lot of emphasis on these being sacred journeys. Why do you feel that these journeys and this pilgrimage that you went through is so sacred? You know, I think um, when you're walking in the footsteps of millions of people before you who have walked with intention, who have walked um, in devotion, no matter what their beliefs may be, when you have stepped upon those energies, that step in itself becomes sacred. I think there are places around the world that have that energy impregnated in them. Now, the purpose of a sacred journey, however, is to bring you to the most sacred of destinations, which is your own heart. The purpose of a sacred journey is to bring you back to yourself. The answers are not lying in the cathedral or in the church or in the magnificent basilica. For me, anyways, they're not lying there. It's not about what is there. It's not about the destination, as we talked about before. It's about what is in that journey and the journey that you took to get to that particular place. And that is what is sacred. It's the journey that is sacred, not merely the destination. And that I find very, very powerful. I think there are places around the world, as I said, because they have been walked for centuries and centuries. And long before Christianity even came onto the scene on many of these places, they were walked by some of the ancient tribes, by the Celts, by the Druids, by sun worshippers. These, these roots, these paths are all over. They're everywhere. And if you have a little bit of uh, sensitivity to it, you can feel the energies that are there. And to me, that's what makes them extra special. But it's the journey and the step you take that makes it sacred. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing of to walk to in a, in a pilgrimage in, um, or in a path where many other pilgrims go is that you have the opportunity to meet very interesting people that are in the same uh, search that you are, you know, and then you can learn from the experience of each other 
and that you know a part of the places no that had the history uh, had the, all the sacred tradition and that but I think the in the moment that you decide you go on a quest even if it's in a pilgrimage that is sacred or not in the moment that you decide to do the sacred journey wherever you have are deciding to go you start a journey and then the universe the magic of because I think the universe I, I told you this reality is much more magical than we that we can feel or we can know or we are conscious about, then the universe starts to work is magic. But it's because you have wake up a magic in you. When you start to trust that you are not alone, when you start to trust that there's so much more that we can see and touch, and you go towards that, then you can find that anywhere. You know, and that is that for me is the sacred of the sacred. The when you wake up and you search the sacred from yourself, you are looking, you are looking for it. Then it's when you can find it. I think. Mm-hmm. And and this is great because you each brought up two different points <laughs> with it being external yeah, and complement. external in a sense. And, and I agree. I think that there's this sacredness, certainly in certain places where things have happened, things have gone on, you're walking these same footsteps, and yet even expanding that to the aspect that isn't every piece of this land sacred because every piece of it's got a, a history to yeah. it. Every piece of it, yeah. what it took to create it is amazing. And and that sacredness comes from, as well, Alberto is leading to, is that, that journey of unfolding yourself. It is so, it's such a sacred process and a sacred connection to connect with those deeper layers because each deeper layer, I believe, um, connects us stronger with the divine. It puts us in alignment. It puts us in unity and harmony. That Until you're there, I think sometimes it's even hard to put that in words. I struggle with putting that in words at times because... The feeling is so amazing, and it's it is so peaceful, and it's so calm, and it is so in that space of connection. Um, and, and to me, that's truly sacred as well. So I can I can certainly see that in what you're saying here. Yeah, because you have touched the sacred when you have when you have experienced what you have just experienced, Jessian, you have touched the sacred. You have gone on that sacred journey, right? Yeah. So it's not about what's happening on the outer places all the time. The outer places give you, again, the good pretext, the ability to get out of that routine if you want and if you just want to go and just change where you are, that's good. But to truly touch that magical and that sacred, you just have to stay exactly where you are and connect with it. Because every moment is sacred, right? Every breath is sacred. All of it is sacred if we choose to see it in that way. You know, it's sacred, like happiness uh, happiness and love, is in the eye of the beholder, no? right. it's in the eye of the one that, that, that looks at. You know, if you, if you see things with with love and with happiness and with sacred, you, 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 everything becomes that. You know, then it's, yeah. it's in your eyes, it's in your gaze, where need to be the magic, where need to be what we are looking for, you know. What I I love is how you've taken this whole journey of yours and you're now bringing it 
to the space of helping people find the same sort of pilgrimage and journey and sacredness in their everyday lives because that's where my work is at too. Like it's great to know all the concepts, but if you can't put it into your everyday life, it's not going to get you the benefits that you're seeking to get. And so, you know, I find that this is huge, and I love that you're taking this direction now after being on the physical journey of things. And I would love for you to share with people maybe anything you have going on, where you have events going on, where where they can connect with you, and and how they might go about working with you if they would choose to do so. Well, you know, uh, thank you for the opportunity to share that, actually, um, Jesse Ann. Our website is walking, www.walkingforpeace.com. And there, you, you know, you'll find a lot of information about who we are and how we continue, I guess, to, to walk the inner journey and to bring the, the lessons of what we have learned out in the world. Um, we do a lot of events, but mostly in the... Ottawa, Ontario, Canada area. We have not ventured south of the border yet, although we're always looking for invitations and a good reason to go. So to all your listeners, we are more than happy to come on down and to share the share our stories and examples of our <laughs> of our journeys. But for now, a lot of it is uh, is, is local, and our website um, has the information in terms of where we are and what we're doing. Yeah, it's especially because we had uh, about 11 years that out there that need to go to school. Yeah, that's so, true. <laughs> all around that. And Alberto has been, one of kind of the, the new things that um, Alberto has been working on is, um, do you want to talk about the soul portraits? And, and yeah, you can, you can. Yeah? You can introduce. Yeah. Well, a lot of, um, it's funny because this happened at an at an event that we were attending. And a lot of the artwork that Alberto has, well, not all, all of the artwork that he has, really speaks to this, that spiritual journey, that same thing that we've been talking about this past hour and a half with you around the elements of what it means to be on this path, what divinity is, who we are. All of that is captured in his paintings. It's, well, trying, it's trying to bring all the magical that there is beyond or we can see. You know, that is, they are a, uh, that is a full of symbolism, and they try to explain who we are, what is this reality, what we live, uh, what is God or the universe or whatever you call in the way that you call it, uh, the angels. You know, it's trying to give explanation to all that. Then in in the last, um, a few months ago, um, we, we were in a show where I was, show, uh, we had our books, but we had to all my paintings that is exhibit and the posters that we that we sell with them. Uh, came to came to us a lady that she was a medium. She, she presented herself that she, she was introduced a, herself, yeah, like a medium. A and medium, she, and yeah. she told me that she needed to tell me that her angels were telling me that I needed to to create uh, soul portraits. And I asked her to her, what is that? So that is uh, portraits of, of the soul, paintings of, of the soul of people. And then I saw in that same moment I saw a lot of meaning, a lot of sense to that because for me, and you were talking about that before. One of the key points, too, is the fact of to see the greatness. I know we're talking about this, the greatness that we really are, that is inside of us. You know, usually when we go to the mirror, the, the easy thing is that we see all the imperfections, all the things that we don't like about ourselves, you know, and we pass to see what the greatness, all the beauty that that is in us. And then 
you know, I had done that before. I had done some portraits of people where I what I broke was the beauty that I saw in them and the, the, the spiritual side. But I never had done publicly, you know, for for and, and to sell these these portraits it was more a, a com um, between friends and family and myself. Then when this lady told that, you know, and in, in that place where we were, I, I I find a lot of meaning. But I say, okay, you know, I, I will think about, I will think about. But I didn't give the, I didn't believe totally <laughs> that was really an angelical message, you know. But two hours later, <laughs> two hours later came another lady. This was a younger lady, and told me exactly the same. So sorry, but I need to tell you that my guide are telling me that you need to do so for this. Yeah, in that moment, they go, oh, you know, oh, this is a joke, it's a television joke. <laughs> you know, somebody's <laughs> recording with a camera, or oh, here yeah, that is something else. And really, that was something else. This lady told me almost exactly the same that another lady had told me before. And then how I had this experience before, money too, many of these experiences, these synchronicities, these messages, sometimes they can dream, but sometimes can in real life, you know, um, you are seeing a movie or somebody can tell you a comment just when you need to know or what you are wondering about. Or then we are accustomed to pay attention to these things, to these signs. That for us, our signs are happening every day. So it's a constant thing, and we are very aware of that. These signs were the ones that pushed us to do what we did, this walk to Jerusalem. Then when this second lady told me that, I did, you know, I'm going to think seriously about that and maybe I and you know, still I needed two, three weeks for to <laughs> for to convince myself because what to put me myself there like somebody that could do that, some that magical thing you know, to 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 paint or to express, to give you an image of how your soul could be, you know. That really is not exactly what I do because I think the soul or greatness is so amazing that there is no artist that is capable to 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 put that in a paper or in a canvas, you know. What I do, what I connect is with your sacred place, your higher self, and I try to to express in a, in an image what your higher self wants that you remember about who you are in this moment of the journey where you are, you know. And um, that through my intuition and through the images that I catch is what I try to express in a paper. And usually it's very healing. All the sessions that I have done until now have been very very powerful, very healing, and people it's very happy. Because it's not only the image that they bring and they see every day since that moment. The, uh, it's to the conversation that we have where we talk about all that we are talking here, where we would cut points that maybe they don't know or they have forgot or they are not aware in that moment. Um, um, you know, I think it's, it, I think it's something that uh, I never thought that could be so so amazing. And it's not only enrich the people where which I work, it's, it's enrich, enriching me. You know, it's I receive a lot too for these encounters, for these meetings. And I, I feel so happy, I feel blessed that I can do it, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's really interesting because um, I love that you're taking these different directions. And I want to mention to our listeners that Alberto has also authored some other books, including I Am Happy and some other pieces of books. And those are going to be up on the YouTube version of the show. And, of course, they're on your website as well. So the YouTube version is going to have lots of pretty pictures of your journey, your books, (laughs) and your artwork. Thank you. Thank you. your name, I was. I, I just had to to go in and check really quick and and see the coding in your name, and it actually mentions that 
um, art goes to or gets to real self. And so, you know, it shows that actually encoded in your name that you do great art that helps people get to their real self. And that's really and where did you get that from, Jesse Ann? Where did well, that's part of what I do is I look at how people's energy is coded and, um, you know, and can see different things like that. And and um, so in looking at that, that's actually embedded in his name. So it's no wonder to me that that's the work he's doing that's doing very well at it. Wow. That's great. Wonderful. Well, good to yeah, know. There you yeah. go. You're living your life. Yeah. You, you know, is that, is that what, what I try? You, you know, I it's the, the think, important thing. Sorry. Yeah. I want to thank both of you for being with us today and sharing your work and sharing this pilgrimage that you did and the lessons that came out of that. Um, it's just been a real gift to have both of you with us today. Thank you so much again, Jesse Ann, for um, for the for inviting us onto onto your show and and being so open and so receptive to to our message and what it is that that we have to say. It was a real pleasure. Absolutely, really. and you keep shining your light because obviously with with what you're doing with your radio program and all the services that you offer, you're also adding the same light that we're adding, right? Yeah, that's right, exactly. And we we all have our piece of light <laughs> to offer in the world, yes. and again. Everybody can connect with um, Moni and Alberto through their website, walkingforpeace.com, and there's work going on and checking things out there. Next week on the show, I'm going to have Tom Roberts with us, and he's going to be sharing his work in ending mental illness stigma. So it's going to be a little bit of an intense show, but a a very necessary topic to, to address. And so it's going to be very interesting to delve into that. Uh, again, you can see the various work I'm doing. I have videos that I'm uploading all the time on YouTube channel. But on my website, you can find out things like my monthly specials, the monthly tips that I create, upcoming radio shows, access the archive radio shows, there's today's show, um, all of those different things you can get through my website at jessieannicholsgeorge1.com. And it's uh, a great teleposts that have been on a little bit of a break for a while, but uh, they're popping in and out here and there, so you can watch for them. And uh, then I've got all things uh, where you can stay up, like I said, on my events and where I'm not on tour on the website. And May's special deal, by the way, is if you participate in any full day or full weekend event, during the month of May or June, and I have one left. There's only a couple of days to register for. That's in Indiana. It's near the Great Bend, Indiana, for May 30th, and then uh, the following couple of weeks, winter or the summer solstice is coming up. Uh, those events will be in Michigan. So if you're in the Michigan area, you'll be able to take advantage of those. And don't forget that we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. This is Randy Goldberg doing Vedic Astrology. Tuesdays, we have Susan Wheat sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice doing our chip show. Um, they've had a little bit of a break 
Janice has been out uh, sick, but she is going to be bouncing back soon here and coming back on. And they often follow that up with spiritual insights with Darren Dupere, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans. Kevin Baird, we're going to be having him on actually as a guest in the upcoming uh, summer time here, working with his new new ventures and new companions. This is Jesse Ann Nichols George, by the way, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but streaming live through Penn, known as Care Encounters Network, Dreamfinder, and Live, as well as those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, those catching the YouTube version of the show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. And don't forget that if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And I'm going to leave you tonight with the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over by Shemshai. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon